We don't have to shut the fuck up. Sergio made that rule up. up here because Sergio is not we present. Hello. To. Don't no. we have to like balance Stand the audio artist? or whatever? You can balance the audio with any break of silence in the audio. So we can have yeah, 10 sure. seconds of silence at any point in the recording, which we usually do, and use that to balance. Just Hello, to everybody. Can, we didn't do that for the League of Legends episode. There is most certainly at least a 10-second silence where you didn't say anything for 10 seconds. I don't know about oh, me. And where you, where you, well, but, I did talk a lot. We should that. do an awkward I did talk silence right now. No, fuck that. Welcome back to <laughs> So You Think You Can Fan, and the only podcast to not only be goaded with the sauce, but also cheesing with the cocks. I'm oh, Jake, yeah. also known as Greg Chudley, and here we are, me, Kai, and Matt, the three musketeers, together at last. Once What's again, that, Gamer Nation. This is happening Gamers during. Yeah, Gamer Gamers Gamers This is happening during Yomicon, which means Michael and Sergio are in, in Detroit. No, they actually died of um, street like rage Montreal. in the streets of Detroit. They they are in Detroit, and we are not in Detroit, so we are recording. Yes, and we're going to record about a, f- a fanfic about a show no one has ever heard of. Can you post it in fanfic a, links? What was it called? Sapphire. What was the show called? Saf- maybe I Emerald think it was Garnet? called Emerald. Emerald? Uh, Steven Emerald. Universe. Garnet. Hmm. Hmm. It's hard to say. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder what. Uh, ah! Ah! Yes! Mm, mm-hmm. Yes, I remember it now. Quartz. <coughs> We're reading. Fuck, now I can't remember the name of the fan. We're pick. reading uh, my abominable, My abominable monster classmates can't be this cute. We've returned That's once right. again, again to monster fucking. Yes. It's, Welcome it, back it to So You Think You Can Fan In. The only podcast on the internet to be solely about monster fucking. The only podcast so on the internet where you can, can hear. Fuck monsters. So you think you can fuck monsters. College graduate STEM individuals talk about. Sex. And me. You're a STEM individual. I'm not. I'm not even yeah, a college a graduate. I've, I've got a PP. STEM. I've seen your STEM. Okay. <laughs> Alright, I assume I'm going to be narrating, unless unless one of you two really, really, really wants to narrate. No, Matt, you no, can narrate. <laughs> Alright, who wants to be who? We've got Jean... And a plethora of women and like two older guys. I'll be Jean. All right, that sounds about right. Jacob, are you going to be all of the women? <laughs> well, I guess Sergio for this episode. He I'm Sergio. For, yeah, that's true. I'm that's Sergio, true. so you I have, have to be to. the women. You have to. You have to. Um, I'll be the older guys. Okay. Kai, also, since you are the author, would you like to kick us off with the summary? Yeah, sure. Kai wrote this guy. 330,000 words! Oh, yeah. Wow. 38 chapters, 330,000 words. Never finished. Very sad. I like this fanfic a lot. It was very fun to read. Wow. Okay. Jean had always wanted to go to a school to learn to battle the creatures of Grimm, but as a boy with no huntsman training, no huntsman knowledge, and no huntsman transcripts, he had absolutely no chance of getting into a school like that legally. 
After scouring the darkest corners of the CCT net, he finally found a lead, a place called Grim Academy. Cover art by Sashiro-kun. Thanks, Sashiro-kun. Thank you, Sashiro-kun. I can't read today, so this will be okay. No, you're all good. It's a hard name to read. Uh... Uh, do we do content warnings still? I suppose we should put one in here. Uh, there is gore in this. Uh, I find <laughs> no. it funny. I feel we should put a content warning here compared to the Forbidden episode. The episode uh, that didn't happen. The, the episode that didn't happen. There yeah. was no episode. Yes, there, there was no Don't episode. Yes, there's it. some gory shit that happens. I'm not sure if it's this chapter. That How's this happen, for but... a fucking what for a fucking uh, for a fucking content warning, huh? Yeah, busting out a cold one. Yeah. It's actually, it's Dr. Pepper. Nice. <clears throat> we don't condone your on the podcast. What I other content Michael's warnings are there? Michael has um, definitely been drunk. I don't think there's anything else in the well, first I'm a chapter. Good boy. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say some nasty shit happens, like, physically, like, fighting. There's oh, death. Okay. Pretty sure I can't read this. Is there? Is there I can't read this. I can't read this if there's fighting. That's bad. So believe it or not, um, there is some fun, sexy times later. Not okay. now though. Later. Uh huh. Late. I'll do it later. Later. <laughs> well, let's begin. The lurching and shaking of the bullhead shook more than just his body. His stomach boiled and churned, and its contents threatened to erupt from his mouth like a volcano. But it would be worth it. This would all be worth it. Jean Arc was a boy with a dream, and that dream was to become a huntsman, a hero just like his ancestors, going back all the way to the Great War. While it was fortunate, I have that he a lived question. The... Yes. Is Jean Arc a gender bent Joan Arc? Uh, essentially, in some ways, kind of, sort of, yes. Not that feels really. that feels wrong. It's just a reference, really. That There's feels, that feels wrong. That's actually reminiscent of Joan of Arc. I don't know. Something about that feels wrong to me. Well, it's not that he's supposed to be Joan of Arc. I think it's that. I think in some ways they're kind of I making a, a pun on him, maybe being a descendant of a character like Joan of Arc. But um, you know, it's just genre. He should descend, descend uh, down this shaft until he touches balls. He might. You do may that continue. In the story. You sure? You sure love talking about shaft and balls? I should hook you up with Nick. He also loves talking about shafts and balls. True. Well, Anyways. it was fortunate that he lived in a time of peace where there hadn't been a destructive conflict in decades. It also left very few options in becoming the hero he desired. However. One constant threat that existed in the world were the creatures of Grimm, violent and destructive. Those mindless creatures were the bane of humanity's existence and had threatened his species with extinction since the very dawn of civilization. Luckily for humanity, though, the Huntsmen existed. The Academies existed. Protectors of life and slayers of Grimm, they were the thin line of light which held back the darkness. And soon... Jean would be among them. The blonde boy shuffled in his among seat, us. leaning over. You shut your mouth, Logus. Uh. Leaning over to speak to the pilot. John, I can't, I can't thank you enough for the ride. He told the man. 
There was no response. I forgot. I forgot to say it in the episode. Clumsy me. I have to say it. I have to say it. Yeah, what'd you say? What what were you saying? This episode of So You Think You Can Fanon Mm -hmm. is brought Mm -hmm. to you by (gasps) your yearly flu shot, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to get your flu shots. Don't forget to get your flu shots, everybody. I got mine. You better get yours, too. If you catch the flu, I'm going to piss in your mouth. Yes, make sure to get them soon-ish. I my family tends to wait a little bit on them because peak flu season isn't actually in like December. It's peak in flu like season is happening. It, it, it it's happening right now. It started early. It's crazy. We've no, been it, getting it torn up. Kind of like technically starts early on, but my mom and dad have noticed that over the the decades that it tends to always peak around the same time, even even when it starts a little early. I got my Batman Band-Aid on still. <clears throat> Jean wondered if the man piloting was upset. The boy was but a single passenger on the ship, and that certainly had to be annoying for a pilot to have to make a trip for a single person. However, without the ride, Jean would have had no way of getting to the academy. There wasn't even an address he could see when he'd located information on it. He decided to try and loosen the pilot's tongue with his gratitude. But it really means a lot to me. You have no idea how important going to the school is. He's trying to Again, fuck him. Nothing. Jean frowned. Maybe he was a hindrance to the man. But it wasn't his fault. Due to the fact that he was not actually qualified to attend a Huntsman Academy, he had decided that a prestigious school like Beacon or Atlas would be a little too high profile for him. He would be found out in an instant to be a fraud, that he had falsified his transcripts. However, that didn't mean he was about to give up. After also scouring the CCTV, you love scussy in your balls. After scouring the CCT net for information on Huntsman Academies, one in particular had stood out. <laughs> one that existed only on conspiracy theory message boards, spoken of as if it didn't exist at all. Grim Academy, as it was known, was very difficult to find information on. So, Jean had paid known criminals and informants for all they could find out about the school. Eventually, he had received a message asking him to send his transcripts. He had done so, and to his surprise, he had been accepted. Fast forward a few weeks, and here he sat, alone in a bullhead, except for the one who was flying it. Perhaps a little humor would help lighten the mood. Making the pilot chuckle could clear the air between them. So the strong and silent type, huh? He said, casually. Yeah, I can relate. Silence. For some reason, Jean had gotten his hopes up this time. This time would be different. Perhaps he should just accept the fact that the man wasn't the type to want to talk. Or merely didn't wish to speak to Jean in particular. Can this you? Is you. Okay. The surprisingly deep voice asked. Success! The man had spoken. Jean had won. Still, though, what had the man meant by that? What? Can you relate? So, he was taking it literally. Uh, sure, Jean could work with that. Oh, well, I'm strong, I guess. At just a little bit over six feet tall and a little bit of muscle on his frame, Jean was stronger than most boys his age. He had spent the past few months training with his family's ancestral sword and shield in preparation for attending a huntsman academy. He didn't feel it was a lie to claim that he was, indeed, strong. He was still nothing in comparison to the pilot, however. The large, 
hairy, bear-like man was a walking wall of muscle. He probably could have made a good huntsman himself if he had decided on that career choice rather than becoming a pilot. Not wanting to sit in suffocating silence, however, Jean spoke up again. One time, we were raising a barn, and I took the full counterweight for the rope while my family worked on the other side. The man grunted, uh, though Jean couldn't tell if it was in approval or not. But my hands were sweaty, and I let the rope slip, then after that... Good. Jean stopped and blinked at the man. Now how about you practice the silent part until you get it right? The word stung. He'd received the message loud and clear. Oh, yeah, sure. Sorry. He winced, knowing that he had just failed his first attempt at granting the man's request. Sorry again, I'll shut up now. <sighs> A guttural growl was the only response he received. This new adventure of his was off to such a great start. With nothing else to do, Jean turned his head and gazed out the window, and what he saw shocked him. When had it become night? Grabbing his scroll from his pocket, he checked the time to reveal that it was still mid-afternoon. How many time zones had they crossed? Where the hell had they gone? Where were they? And why was the sky a swirling mixture of purple and red? These were all questions which slipped the boy's mind as the bullhead began his descent. He had arrived, and after a long and tumultuous flight with a less than friendly pilot, Jean had finally arrived at the school of his dreams. His huntsman training would begin right here and now. Disembarking from the ship, Jean felt tempted to kiss the solid ground after another terrible bout of motion sickness. However, he didn't want to make a bad first impression on any of his peers who may have been around and watching. No, he had to be strong, brave, and confident just like a huntsman was expected to be. Shouldering the duffel bag of clothes and personal effects, he set out toward the dark and tall tower that pierced the unnaturally bleak clouds that hung above it. That had to be the school. That would be where he would find out everything he needed to know about his new life. Everything seemed off, however. Jean may not have been the brightest bulb in the room, but even he could see things were horribly, horribly, terribly wrong. The first clue had been the sky, and while not quite night, it was not day either. It was some new, twisted, and colorful twilight which made him feel as though he had been transported to another world. An odd, childish cork wanted to check and see if he had gained a status bar or some other ridiculous thing. Uh, no such luck on that, however. Just how long had he been on that flight? The off-color sky was just the start of the strangeness, however. There was desolation all around him. Rather than trees and bushes, jagged rocks shot up from the ground like gigantic daggers. Pools of black liquid stood stagnant on the ground like puddles after a heavy downpour. Nature itself abhorred this destination, retreating until there was no sign of life from horizon to horizon. Only Jean stood out as a beacon of light in the darkness just as a huntsman should. The idea gave him confidence as he squeezed his hands into fists. Now was not the time to be getting cold feet. Now was not the time to lose hope. He wanted to be a huntsman, and now was the time to prove it. His boots thudded on the ground at a quick pace as he neared the school. The thin, needle-like tower was a tall and imposing structure, made of a hard black rock which shone like obsidian. Its unseen tip was shaped like a vicious and jagged blade which stabbed deep into the sky. 
It was an intimidating sight for him, to be certain, likely designed to scare off those who would be unworthy of pursuing the career of a huntsman. Jean would not be found wanting in this trial. As he neared the building's base, a new color appeared out of the corner of his eye. In the mix of red, purple, and black, a bright and brilliant white caught his attention. Right there, sitting on a bench outside of the school, sat a single lone girl. She almost did blend into her surroundings, clad in a black dress which was tattered in its hem and equally torn up black stockings. A brilliant red cape hung from her shoulders and she wrapped it around her arms as she sat hunched over in her seat. But it was her skin, which at first glance looked pure white that caught his eye, bleached, bone white. But shaking his head, he discounted that. It, it must have been a trick of the light. Yet she was extremely pale. That much stood out to John. That and the pair of horns that jutted from her forehead through her red-black hair. He'd never seen a girl quite like her. But then again, he'd never been outside of his hometown too often, much less his home kingdom. For reference of why he's not immediately horrified, um, there's a race of people called Faunus in Ruby. And they're, they share traits with certain animals. And there is a case, there are many cases of them having horns like a bull. So this is actually not that out of the ordinary. <clears throat> Sadness radiated from the mystery girl as he neared the school. He didn't know who she was or why she was out here, but he could tell that something was wrong. Remembering all of the lessons he'd been taught as a child, Jean diverted his path and made his way to the girl on the bench. The sounds of his footsteps earned her attention as he neared, and she lifted her head to reveal a pair of crimson eyes. The full extent of her physical characteristics became apparent to the boy, as did the sheer length of her horns. The right one must have been a foot long, with the left being a few inches shorter. It was obvious to the boy that she wasn't exactly human, but rather uh, some kind of faunus, and by the looks of it, an albino faunus. Perhaps that was why she sat outside alone. Faunus racism was still a very real problem in some parts of Remnant. While he had never been exposed to it too much himself, he knew it was out there. The idea of this girl being ostracized by her peers because of her appearance sickened him. He was determined to help her in any way he could. Their eyes locked as he neared, and as soon as he had closed to speaking distance, he introduced himself to her. Hey. He greeted. My name's Jean Arc. Short, sweet, rolls off the tongue. Ladies love it. I want to beat him up. (laughs) (laughs) He's a very beatable person. We're the same height. I could win. Yeah. Actually, probably not. He's he's quite a tall young man. He's six foot. He's quite tall. He's over six feet in the show, actually, I believe. I thought he said he was six foot. A little bit over six feet. Okay, I can still win. He gave himself a mental pat on the back. He had nailed it. Not a single stumble over his own tongue like he had done so many times before while practicing that line in the mirror. The girl before him looked up in awe. It hadn't been his intention to impress her that thoroughly, but if he had, then, well, he'd take it. Jacob, anime girl. Whoa. You look so cool. Jean looked down at his usual attire. Blue jeans, a black pumpkin peat hoodie, and a white breastplate weren't too out of the ordinary. In fact, he would consider them quite normal, far more normal than her own ripped and tattered clothing. 
He briefly wondered if some of her fellow students had destroyed her clothes. The idea of someone being physically bullied because they were faunus sickened him even further. But in any case, he wasn't about to brush off the girl's compliment. Oh, thanks. He answered modestly. You look pretty cool yourself. The colors really go well together. He hoped that complimenting her own appearance and not making an issue of her being a faunus would give her a morale boost. What kind of faunus was she, anyways? Giselle? Idly, Jean wondered if she'd like some alfalfa to eat. Uh, but that would that be racist to ask her? Wait, did Giselle even eat alfalfa? He'd have to ask his mom next time he got the chance. The girl hopped off the bench and stood before him, jarring him out of his pondering, while her head only came up to his chest. The tip of her longest horn came up to his own forehead. Just the tip. It's just so. So perfect. You look amazing. How do you do it? Is it easy? Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> the conversation had taken a, a a bit of an awkward turn. Maybe the fact that she was a possible Giselle faunus wasn't the reason she was sitting outside by herself. Moving his face away from suddenly bouncing horns, he rubbed the back of his neck. Uh, well, I woke up this morning, I took a shower, and now here I am, just like any other day. It really is that easy for you, she said softly. She spoke about his appearance with genuine awe and amazement. She was mesmerized, and he had to admit that it was getting a little bit creepy. Her head suddenly perked up and those red eyes gazed into his once more. They threw him for a loop because for a moment he could have sworn they were glowing. Uh, why did you come over here? Aren't you repulsed by me? The question caught him off guard and he knew that she was asking him about her appearance. Being a faunus really had to be hard. Having such prominent horns must have made it very difficult. Being an albino on top of that must be awful. To look like her in a school full of humans who looked like him had to be difficult beyond his imagination. How could he think she had glowing red eyes? Was he no better than those bullies? No, Jean was not one to judge a book by its cover. He would not judge her because of her appearance. She was a perfectly lovely girl, a totally normal and nice young lady. If she was in need of a friend, then she would get one. Of course not, he said comfortingly. There's nothing wrong with you. You looked kind of lonely, and my mom always said that strangers were just friends you haven't met yet. So I decided to come over and see if this stranger wanted to be my friend. Really? He could tell that his gesture had really made her day. He smiled really? as he nodded softly. Really? By the way, I didn't catch your name. Oh, right. My name's Ruby. Roll oh, credits. Nice the fanfiction is over. No, the fanfiction <laughs> is over. No. She we're, said the we're thing. Keeping going. Keeping My name going. is Ruby Season 7. Jean greeted her as he extended his hand. The girl looked down at it for a moment, before glancing back up at him and blinked. He didn't know if she had any hang-ups about shaking hands, or maybe people normally didn't offer their hands to a faunus like her. However, he wanted her to know that he was perfectly fine with it. It's okay. He told her reassuringly. You can take it. Ruby blinked once more before a metal-covered hand extended and grabbed his. 
She didn't so much shake it as she squeezed, and the sheer force of her grip making him think that his fingers were about to shatter into a million pieces. His eyes squeezed shut, and a gasp of pain shot from his mouth. She was strong, incredibly so. But then again, he expected no less from an expiring huntress at this kind of an academy. Don't be judgmental, his mind ordered. She probably gets enough of that already. Just just shake her hand and like it's perfectly normal. You're strange, she commented as she released her grip on his hand. His fingers throbbed red as he looked down on them to inspect any damage that might have been done. We usually don't let others grab our appendages like that. Every time I've tried to hug somebody, I kept hearing the same thing. You're just asking for someone to chop it off, is what Yang keeps telling me. Yet you did with me. Chop it? Chop it off? Jean had absolutely no idea what she was talking about. Yet she had been the one to call him strange? What? It's not normal to put yourself in such a compromising position. She continued. Vulnerability and weakness are punishable by death. Only the strong survive here. Jean really hoped that she was just exaggerating, whether the punishment of death was alluding to the fact that the weak would die in the field against the creatures of Grimm. Surely there was no way a Huntsman Academy could be so literally ruthless, right? The only possible thing he could think of was that Grimm Academy, and perhaps every other Huntsman Academy in the world, was a hyper-competitive and cutthroat environment where people would do anything to be the best. Maybe there wasn't room for friendship in a place like this. Maybe it was even frowned upon. It could offer another explanation as to why Ruby seemed so sad and lonely. Maybe she was a bubbly and affectionate girl who wasn't used to being shot down by her peers. He didn't care what the rules or expectations in this place were. He had set out to make this girl his friend, and an arc never went back on his word. Well, you know what, Ruby? He asked her. Maybe I'm okay with that, because even though we just met, I trust that you wouldn't use it against me, right? Ruby nodded her head emphatically, and he had to again take a step back, this time to ensure that he would not be struck by her horns. Of course, she insisted enthusiastically. I can't believe it. Do you actually want to be my friend? My first friend! The words warmed Jean's heart glowingly. He had truly made this girl's day. Whatever the reason was, she had been feeling down, and he had been the one to cheer her up. There was no greater feeling in the world than helping another person in such need. Well, I'm honored I could be the first. He I know that kids can be cruel, but I'll stick by your side no matter what. She smiled in return, a lovely expression that brought out all of her best features. Her head nodding slowed this time before a serious expression crossed it again. I'm putting my foot down, by the way. Yes. If if dialogue is broken up by four words or less, we are not reading them. Because it flows easier that way. Okay. I agree. Uh, you guys paused uh, earlier uh, waiting for me, so. Yeah, because I didn't know if we were skipping There's so many or not. of them, though. So, are we, so we're, we're uh, yeah, kids being cruel is kind of in the school rules here. Jean blinked. What? Survival in the fittest and all that. It's the way of the world. He nodded, and he understood. Sort of. Huntsmen were expected to be the best of the best. It was only natural that the strongest would survive. Only the strongest would be worthy to stand up to the creatures of Grimm. But who cares about right? Th- who cares about that right now? She squealed with excitement. I... I, I, I squealed with excitement. I, ske- I squealed with excitement so you didn't have to read it and then you read it anyways. 
Okay, go. I'm shaking and crying. Come on. I want to introduce you to my sister. I want to show her that I made a friend. Ruby grabbed his hand again, and like before, it felt as though she was going to crush it in her surprisingly strong small hands. It felt like his shoulder was about to be ripped from its socket the moment she began pulling him toward the school's entrance. Briefly, he spied her arm and noticed it was strangely black, but he couldn't get a clear look at it in the mad dash. It was probably just her sleeve. He couldn't get over how strong this girl was. How the hell had someone like her ever been bullied before? Jean hadn't known what to expect when Ruby dragged him through the front doors of the school. With only having ever seen pictures and videos of huntsmen in the media, he knew that there were endless possibilities when it came to their appearance, their weapons, and their attire. For a brief moment, he wondered if his hand-me-down sword and shield would even be able to stand up to the bizarre collection of weapons he would likely find inside. The door opened, unleashing a musty, iron-scented breeze that threatened to roll his stomach once more. Iron, thick like drying blood, permeated the the air joining the atmosphere of the grand hall purple candles burning black flame shed an impossible light across blackened stone and wrought steel within teeming masses filled the space starkly lit each stood some feet away from one another with a notable exception jean jerked his sight from all had a ghostly bone white skin but how they wore it seemed to vary some were perfectly normal-looking, leaf even, except for the odd peculiarity of skin and outfit. One such person, with fair white hair, stood off on her own. Others, well, others were twisted mockeries of man and woman alike. Jean, taking in the masked visage of what appeared to be a cat faunus, staring at another member of the cavalcade of creatures, she would have been perfectly lovely, odd mask and black veins running across, exposed, slender legs aside, if not for her arms, or rather, the smooth, dripping tendrils where arms should have been. They each ended in red blades, snapping back and forth at one another, creating small sparks in the darkness. Another did not possess strange limbs, but was instead hideously proportioned. A man with overly muscular arms and overly broad shoulders balanced on an otherwise normal human frame, at least normal if not for what appeared to be metal plates fused to white flesh, scarring his body from top to bottom. At worst of all was the figure in the center of the room. Any other time, any other boy Jean's age might have been utterly taken by her figure. Her outfit was revealing, her body considered perfect by many his age. Long, powerful legs, a taunt, muscular stomach revealed explicitly by a mesh within her cowgirl-style attire. Her bust was pointedly emphasized, even more than her stomach, as she not only proudly bared them with only a low-cut top to conceal them, but also to lift them. Coupled with long, luxurious, pale blonde hair, though this did not appeal to Jean, he could admit there were many be interested— he had his attention, and he hoped the attention of any other like him was drawn not to her figure, but her arms. One was covered, almost wrapped, in steel and iron. Red chains hung loose, a twisted nightmare of a shotgun held firmly in a metal-encased hand. This was itself not too big of a deal. Her other harm, however, was another story. To say it was an arm would be disingenuous as it was almost like its own living organism. A twisting, 
living mass of pitch black muscle, individual strands of oil-stained meat twitching and flexing individually. Masses of white bone tore up irregularly across the limb, which was easily the size of her entire body. It looked to Jean as if an entire grim had been grafted onto the poor girl's body. This limb only revealed itself to be such due to ending in what he supposed could be mistaken in a hand, just as overly built and nightmarishly intricate working of bone and meat as the rest of the limb, this hand held the near-pulverized remains of another creature once like her. Blood, cooling and turning a blackened shade, dripped from what was left of the poor student, shards of metal futilely stabbing into the clawed hand, not in any attempt to attack, just due to how totally it had been smashed. The ground revealed the impact of what had no doubt been this blonde whore slamming the poor boy into it repeatedly uh sorry could you could you uh blonde whore <laughs> hmm yeah the blonde, blonde that's whore? how you read that i thought it said horror oh, you it, it must not have picked up the horror you fucking midwest motherfucker <laughs> what a whore it's all the whore, whore. it was probably too quiet to pick up the <laughs> horror at the end I, I believe you. I'll believe you this time. Horror. Horror. Yang! Ruby called excitedly into the crowd. The blonde's head turned to regard the girl who had just called out the name. The blonde was Yang. She was Ruby's sister. Jean's breath Damn. hitched in his throat and fear gnawed deep in his stomach. That thing was Ruby's sister? I read that as jaundice. I know it's not jaundice, but you're calling <laughs> me out for horror being mistaken as whore from the mic, and you're calling him jaundice now. You, <laughs> what are you? Funny, that's what. <laughs> Come on, that could the be girl at his side insisted as she tugged on his sleeve. Let me introduce you to my sister. He took a step back for a moment, taking in the young girl before him. Her skin really did have a similar bleached skeletal hue. Her eyes, that he had only thought to be red, were worse. They glowed red. They burned red, with pitch-black coals taking the place where white should have been. Black veins revealed themselves along her pristine skin, twisting down her one white arm. The other arm, now exposed fully, was unthinkable. No muscle, no skin, just a raw, blackened bone coated in the oily substance that her supposed sister's limb had. He could see right through it, yet it moved without any issue. Looking back up, he saw the bright smile that was on her face. Jean was too numb to refuse. He was too frightened to say no, too weak to resist as she pulled him behind her. As she did, he gazed out into the crowd, only to realize that the crowd gazed back. Their eyes all glowed a brilliant blood red, and they were looking at him. Oh my god, they're all you chihas. You... <laughs> okay. This was wrong. So very wrong. He didn't know what this place was, but he knew that it wasn't a school for huntsmen. 
Huntsmen were not monsters. Huntsmen did not possess horrible tentacles and oversized arms. Huntsmen did not have horns and holes in their limbs. What the hell were these things? And why had the large man brought him here if he knew what kind of a place this was? Oh my god, they're all Kurtas. What what words are you expelling from your mouth hole? Like Kurapika. What? Ah, uh, you've been reading too much Hunter Hunter, you mother sucker. Hunt this. Oh. I hope that picked up. <laughs> it didn't. I see I see the waveform. I heard you it. You see the waveform of what came out of me? I I see it. As they neared Yang, Jean heard faint whispers of the creatures as he passed them, and to his surprise, they weren't speaking about him. She's such a freak, one murmured. Why is she so positive all the time? Another commented. Pain shot through his hand as Ruby clamped down on it tighter than before. And suddenly it made sense. They were talking about her. This was why she had been alone outside. He didn't have a chance to contemplate it anymore, though, before he was face-to-face with Ruby's sister. Much like Ruby, Yang had a pair of horns that poked through her pale golden locks, even longer than her sister's. She was clearly older if they were truly sisters, not just due to physical stature, but also her face. She looked maybe to be as old as Jean was, with strong, beautiful features. Features that were admittedly marred by a series of holes across one side of her face, Holes that revealed the inner workings of her mouth when the light hit it just right. Yang, this is jaundice. Look at him. Look how perfect his disguise is. <sighs> Tossing aside the poor thing that had only moments ago been wrapped in her muscular black hand, Jean had half expected Yang to offer her monster claw to him to shake. Oh, how he wished that was the case. I'm Yang. Let's fight. (laughs) The blonde grinned as both her hands balled into fists. Almost to emphasize her words, the wet slap of broken bones and meat that had been the other student could be heard hitting the far wall behind her. She dove straight for him and John saw his life flash before his eyes as bright crimson orbs gazed wildly into his own. Jean desperately tried to step away to claim that this was just a mistake when his foot found some spilt blood from her earlier victim. Falling at just the right time, Jean completely avoided the first swing of her massive limb. This left him a heap on the ground, and Jean's eyes widened as the His eyes widened. They did. Oh, Oh, they did. I'm pogging. I'm pogging. moved with supernatural speed. Yang swung her arm back, and after several of the students leapt out of the way, preparing to crush Jean against the, gr- against the ground, Jean's eyes squeezed shut, expecting to meet his end at the hands and horns of the monster before him. But the impact never came. Pain and death didn't come either. Instead, it was the clash of bodies which filled his ears and forced his eyes open. Ruby had placed herself in front of him, her arms grappling with Yang's in what could only be called a losing battle. No force and remnant would be able to go one-on-one with the blonde's oversized arm and come out on top. The same was true with Ruby, who he could see was slowly losing ground to her sister. Are you fighting me or this runt? You want to you wanna read that, uh, that four again? Oh, are you fighting me for this runt? 
Yang asked. A bemused smirk curled on her lips as she stared are down. You, are you her. fighting me or this whore? <laughs> <laughs> Don't hurt him. You will be snarled through gritted teeth. She swiped at Yang's horns with her own, and to his surprise, the larger girl backed off. The smirk erupted into a full, toothy grin, and Yang took a step back from her sister. Look at you, finally showing some backbone. Haven't seen you this fired up since you saved that dog from Cardin. Fine, he lives. He lives. The words forced Jean to release a breath he hadn't known he'd been holding in. <sighs> Yang would have killed him if it wasn't for Ruby's timely intervention. The realization of that... It sent shivers down his spine. Yang's focus turned to him in an instant. And going his very eyes still, widened. Jean watched in quiet terror as her hand enclosed Hair. around him, picking him up. Thankfully, the grip was not as tight as it could have been, and she placed him back on his feet. Nothing personal. I just wanted to see how strong you are. It's not every day that Ruby comes to me showing off a new friend. Or any friend, period. She shrugged, and he didn't know how to respond to that. So he just nodded. Oh, right. So this is your human form? Gotta admit, it looks perfect. You must be really strong if you can pull it off this well. Yeah, he told me he doesn't. it doesn't even take any effort. He just wakes up and does it. Isn't that cool? Yang nodded. For sure. I can't wait to get in the training room with you. I want to see how tough you really are and what your grim form looks like. Grim form? What was she... She said... Oh, Jean's eyes... Jean's eyes widened. They, they, they went wide. Yang's oh. body was black and white, and she had red eyes. The same went for Ruby. The same went for every other student in this school he had unfortunately seen. Human form, grim form, the horns, the monstrous appendages, these things. These things weren't human. They were nothing like he'd ever seen before, but one thing was for certain. These were grim. Jean Arc had just stepped into a school filled with humanoid grim. A single human. Among monsters. His heart pounded in his chest. Fear coursed through his veins and his head felt light and dizzy. He was going to pass out right here and now and being surrounded by these things, he'd probably never wake up. He jumped when he felt a hand on his arm. It, it was just Ruby. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, just Ruby. Bran, Bran, Bran. It was I'm losing it. I can't it's find hay. it. Hey. Hey. Oh, there we go. Hey, you suddenly smell really good. Is that weird to say? Yes. Yes, it was weird. But the last thing he wanted to do right now was poke a nest of rapier wasps. Uh, no, not at all. Ruby smiled up at him. Good. I don't want to freak you out or anything, but it's just, I don't know. Uh, she needn't worry about that. He was already freaked out enough. A, a few words wouldn't affect him at this point. She's right. There's something about you that's just really attractive. 
I can't quite put my finger on it, though. Jean hoped with all of his heart that Yang would indeed not put any of her large talon-like fingers on him right now. Uh, maybe it was the deodorant I put on this morning? Ruby blinked quizzically up at him several times. Deodorant? Before he could comment, however, the temperature of the room <coughs> seemed to drop 20 degrees. A sense of foreboding and doom filled his entire being, and his head was instinctively drawn over to a stage which sat on the opposite side of the room. A tall woman, garbed in a flowing black dress, had ascended the steps, followed at a distance by a trio of what were clearly human beings. She, like every other living being here besides them, though, had white skin and red eyes. Far more pronounced black veins covered her arms and face like the twisting and gnarled branches of a dead tree. The woman was dread incarnate. Yang's arm and Ruby's horns had nothing on the feelings he was experiencing right now just looking at this woman. I'll be brief. The woman began, her voice calm yet authoritative. As I stand here and gaze out upon you all, I see boundless potential. You, my children, will change the world. Children. Jean had no idea if she meant that literally or not. Surely these few dozen monstrosities could not all be her children, right? You are the next stage in a world of bloody evolution. The perfect union of humanity and Grimm. However, you are not truly perfect yet. Before you are able to go forth and conquer the kingdoms of men, you must first learn to harness your humanity. To learn what it is to be human and to be able to live amongst them so that you may influence them. Among that us. is why you were here. Among us. That is what you will learn in this academy. Among Imposter. Among us. He couldn't believe what he was hearing. What kind of twisted world domination plot had he just walked in on? He had to escape, not only to save his own life, but to warn everyone in the outside world. Classes will begin tomorrow. Not all of you will live to see graduation. Only the strong will survive. Only those who are able to fully harness all of their powers and abilities will live to see my plans come to fruition. Therefore, you must all be the very best you can be. You must prove that you are capable of living up to the tasks you were created for. The woman turned and seemingly glided off the stage. As quickly as she had come, she left again. There was no applause. No roar of approval, only a dead silence. Only once the mysterious lady had left the room did the chatter start up once more. Jean's mouth was dry as a bone. He had to talk to one of the humans, to tell them this was all a mistake, that he didn't belong here. He felt the tug on his sleeve and turned to once more see excited red eyes staring up at him. This is going to be so cool. She smiled. And oh, it was such a bright, sweet smile. I can't believe my first friend is the strongest guy in the school. He blinked. How did she think he was the strongest person in the school? Or strong, period? It would probably be best to dispel that rumor immediately. Uh, nah, I think you're overestimating me just a little bit too much. Oh, I know. You should be my roommate. Roommate? Only then did John realize that he still had 
absolutely zero clue about how the hell this school worked, about where he would be staying, about what kind of classes he would be attending. Then again, if he had it his way, he would be leaving very soon. Yeah, I didn't have a roommate before because no one could stand being around me. She said sadly, those glowing red eyes of hers shifted and gazed up with him with intense hope. But now that you're here, there's finally someone who likes me. You and me could totally bunk together. Jean reached over and removed Ruby's hand from his shirt as delicately as possible. Hold that thought. His attention turned to where one of the humans who had accompanied the mystery woman stood overlooking the students. I actually have to talk to that guy over there. I'll be right back. His legs had never carried him faster than they were right now as he approached the seemingly normal-looking man. Clad in a white vest and pants and tall black boots, he was Jean's best bet to explain this whole mix-up and get a ride back home. Excuse me, sir. Jean walked over to the mysterious man. Ah, hello, young master. The man said, gesturing dramatically as he spoke. Uh, How might I be of assistance to you, one who has been so blessed by the goddess? Goddess? Jean didn't know what to make of that. Well, you see, I think there might be a mistake. He began hesitantly, unsure of what to make of this strange man in the Sea of Grim. I don't belong here, mister. Oh, forgive me, my boy. Where are my manners? He bowed to Jean deeply. I am Tyrion Kalos, and I shall be your combat instructor for your tenure here at Grim Academy. He stood up straight again and looked at him with strange eyes. However long or short that may be. Now, uh, what was this about a mistake? Oh, um, I don't belong here, Professor Callows. I'm a human. I don't belong here with all these. He leaned forward, whispering gently. Monsters. Jean suddenly felt a sharp pain poke him in the chin. The black, chitinous tail of a scorpion was poised to pierce his throat. I do not know what kind of trick you're pulling, the furious, faunus man scowled. He motioned to the gaggle of grim that surrounded them. But I will not tolerate you calling these lovely little darlings monsters. There was an edge to Tyrion's voice, which sent a chill down Jean's spine. I'm sorry. He held up his hands in surrender. It's just that I think I got accepted by mistake. Oh, well, very well, young man, he said as the tail retracted back away from Jean. If you believe that somehow our glorious headmistress has made a mistake and you wish to leave, I shall not stop you. Wait, really? Of course, Tyrion grinned. You can walk out the door at any time and out into the Grimlands where all manner of dangers await you, but you can always choose to stay. In the end, the choice is up to you. Do what makes you happy. Jean slowly backed away from the man, the professor that somehow seemed more dangerous than all the other grim that surrounded him. Jean would receive no help here. He was on his own, and he was trapped. Well. So what are your thoughts? 
Um, they say this in the author's note, but this definitely really seems like Rosario Vampire. <laughs> yes, I was going to I was going to mention before we read this, but I figured you would get it anyways. Is that this is definitely definitely very similar to Rosario Vampire in a lot of ways, and it's also very similar in part uh, as an inflection of a fan fiction very well known in the Ruby community called White Sheep, which is the total inversion of the story we just read. White Sheep is written by the most famous author in the Ruby community. It's one where Jean is a Grim attending the Huntsman School, and it's a very fun read. Okay. What is a Grim? Uh, a Grim is a black and white demon. They are a okay. just giant force of demons they just exist in the world and they feed off of human fear they they smell they literally smell human fear and they are attracted to fear and that's why they can find humans and that's why they are attracted to human civilization it's why they're so scary the more that's why scared they said they were attracted are, to the him because he yeah. was stinking up the musk of fear like a skaven yes yes that is oh, the implication well, I was going to mention I'm, that I'm I think... put it in general picture. Okay. I, I was going to mention that I think the concept of the fan fiction is really interesting. Um, if you exclude the Ruby sections, it just sounds good. But if, if you exclude the <laughs> Ruby sections and it turns into Rosario Vampire, then I guess I just have to read Rosario Vampire. Yes, you do. And so do I. I mean, so, I've seen the show, but... Rosario, Va- Rosario Vampire is fucking insane i'll i'll put it this way it's like if b stars was just a shonen from the first chapter instead of meandering a little bit it's Uh also just cracked as fuck it's an insane manga it's it's hilarious balls to the walls insane absolutely fucking off its rocker 106 chapters uh, so I guess I'll read it. You have to also read Rosario Vampire two. Yes, that thing. The, the first Rosario Vampire is forty chapters, and Rosario Vampire two is sixty six chapters. Really? I thought it was longer than that. Never mind then. I might have to read that if it's that short. Uh huh. Do that. Speaking of reading, if you're listening to this at this point, um, Kai and I are starting a book club. Yes. Hell yeah. So get excited to get some book club content. Out yeah, of this podcast, real books. We're gonna, of just yeah, fiction. yeah. We're, we're, That's our first unthinkable. Book, our our first book for the book club is called Hammer and Ho. Yes, a story of hoes. it's a story about Alabama communists during the Great Depression. What? Yeah, That's yeah. oddly specific. My friend Josh told me to read it. And I figured if I start a book club with Kai, it gives me a good reason to to start reading it. Is it meant to be some kind of historical fiction, or is it purely imaginative? Yeah, it's nonfiction. It's nonfiction. Hmm. It actually happened. There were these people. Interesting. He's he's a historian and lives in Alabama, so he had to read it for a class, and he was like, "It's good, read it." And I said, "Okay," and then I didn't, and I I read four Gotrick and Felix books instead, three and a half. I'd say that's a pretty three, fair exchange. Three quarters. Yeah. And so next next book, Kai gets to pick. Yes. And then the book after that, I get to pick, and we're going to go back and forth. There's going to be the, the Kai and Jake power hour. 
where we talk about the books that we that we read for our book club. So again, so be excited for that. That's going to come out on Wednesdays because I said so. Okay, Wednesdays. So by the end of this month, we will be listening to you will be listening to our book club. The thirtieth, I guess, because that's the last Wednesday of this month. Um, I have nothing left to add to this recording. I have to take a shit. I haven't shit the whole okay. recording, which I'm proud of myself. Okay. Um, Goodbye. Ending the episode. Goodbye.